Welcome to Founder's Journey Unplugged, where Bastian and I candidly share experiences, challenges, and learnings while building our company from the ground up. We've recently closed a 1.8 million pre-seed funding round. And in this episode, we want to share with you our learnings and experiences so that you are equipped to tackle that challenge. Yeah, we're going to kick it off right away. Ashton, uh, maybe you want to elaborate briefly on what actually a pre-seed round is. Yeah, hello. Welcome also from my side. So, I mean, the term technically means before a company structure was founded, uh, this can really be the case in a pre-seed round. However, uh, it is not that strictly seen. So uh, there could also be already a company, a little team, um, and first experiments on the product. So um, we wouldn't consider it the first kind of really official funding round. So exception in exceptions, we also see that some angels have done probably kind of some convertible loans before to the company. Uh, but in general, we consider this is the first real funding round of the con- company, usually kind of pre-market and so very, very early stage. And yeah, so uh, what do you think, Marcus, would you need kind of in traction side that you can close the pre-seed round? I think most of the uh, listeners will be very care- uh, interested in this question. Yeah, I think we're going to talk later a bit more about what you need, but I think traction is always the, the, the very interesting key question. And um, the interesting two components are on the one hand side, of course, customer traction. And in the pre-seed round, a very special thing is the personal traction of the founder team. So you could say your, your the traction that you bring with the experience that you have. And what we have seen is if you have more traction, personal traction, so it means good brands that you worked with or companies you started and, and successfully built in the past um, or other things that show that you have a very good chance of succeeding, then you need less traction on the customer side. So that means you might, with, with two, two or three very good co-founders, you might be able to raise uh, a good round with just showing some solid base customer traction without maybe yet having users using your product without any revenue or something. While I often see also relatively junior teams, first-time founders who need way more traction. They probably have already 20 customers using their product, maybe even some first revenue when they raise their pre-seed round because they have little to no or mediocre traction on a private, on a, on a, on a personal track record and thus need to make up with showing more traction on, on the customer side. So I think that's very important uh, on, on this front. And yeah, we can talk about a little bit more about what else you need. So what comes to your mind, Bastian? What, what, what do you think like uh, are key points here? Yeah, I mean, uh, definitely what would help the round is uh, kind of uh, sign LOIs of customers. Um, it would be good to have a couple of uh, employee profiles. So uh, this is also uh, kind of showing that you can convince people even at an early stage. Maybe even people are not on your payroll yet, but still help side to their job and would be ready to quit. So put all of them also in your pitch deck. And um, of course, if you have already kind of a prototype that is pre-validated, validated with customers, uh, this would also be helpful. But we don't necessarily see it as a hard milestone that you have to achieve. And there's also another thing that we see or that you could be aware of uh, in terms of the strategic setup of your round. Um, you can think about two, three kind of options. So till the pre-seed, 
usually it's mainly the founders doing some kind of working for free for the company or maybe having put a little money uh, themselves into the company. And then you can choose between two paths. You can try to get in a couple of business angels um, and really keep very bootstrapped and, and keep the burn rate very low and try to find as much people as possible working mainly for shares or a significant part of the salary receiving in shares uh, to bootstrap up till a larger seed round or a very large pre-seed round. Or on the other hand, um, there's a rather new option that several of the well-known venture capital funds also run pre-seed programs uh, nowadays. This wasn't uh, that way a couple of years ago. And so you could already approach real VC funds in that stage. Uh, however, you have to be aware uh, that you probably will have to give away a little more shares because they need a certain amount of funding that they can give to to, uh, to gain enough shares um, and enough ownership where kind of uh, business agents can be more flexible. And so uh, these are a couple of thoughts uh, that we can uh, put there, um, but also in kind of which size you typically, typically see such rounds in terms of valuation. Yeah, but like... Uh... Size of valuation, of course, we have seen a very broad ranges from uh, lower end, very lower end, 1.5 million pre-money up to the 8 million pre-money um, side. Of course, there are always exceptions. And actually, an interesting thing is like some people even play marketing or do the marketing game with this type of funding rounds. So they call it a pre-seed round, even though it might already be a seed round. So for example, they get good angels on board or do kind of a pre-seed round, but don't call it like this. And then at some point raise a 3 million uh, funding round and call it a pre-seed round, even though strictly speaking, it would be a seed round. So you can do quite some marketing with with these terms because some people want to um, either do it for their ego or for the for the branding of the company to make it the, the round peer as large as possible for as early as they can. So there are quite some tricks that you can apply. We are personally more like more on the on the side of just doing it like transparent and serious on, on this front and not kind of yeah playing around with such such tricks even though that might of course be sometimes helpful and uh maybe to just connect to the the strategies what you said uh but then of course there you you all know that there is a purely bootstrap way as well we hear talk um talk about a venture capital path and so in this venture capital path we see these two options of angel first with more flexibility or we see right away um so that's that's the two aspects that we basically see and in terms of shares we we see different things right maybe also adding there is to decide the vc part um the path then and in that case you really have already to be very clear about your future market so you really have to prove that this market or the very close related markets uh will be a, a multi-billion dollar valuation company in the future so if you still are more in the experimental phase and have to get more insights of the market to really um can can prove this uh critical uh, market assumption uh, then probably the angel round would be more realistic to close at that point just a small side remark here and i think that was one of the biggest surprises we had right like how much these vcs pay attention to the potential market size in the early days I've seen so many teams dreaming and being visionary and running around with like being completely lost, not finding an early stage focus and building traction that we paid a lot of attention 
on the go-to-market and what is the beachhead, what is the niche we want to like attack, where we want to like build initial traction. We paid a lot of attention to that. By then learning that there were some quite some questions still, okay, how big can you make this market? Isn't that too small? And so on. So I think one of the key insights that's maybe adding to what you actually need is you need a vision and you need to show that there is a long-term market that is huge and give a somewhat of a realistic opinion, holistic strategy of how you're going to approach that market. But you also need to very clearly know what are your first steps to go to the market, both from a business model point of view and a product point of view. So I would say have a clear picture for the next five to 10 years vision and for the next one to one and a half years and how you're going to build initial traction to raise a seed route. Everything in between can be a bit more vague, of course. You don't need a full year, full five, 10 years plan, but have a clear picture on the long-term market and how you take it, some validation and the short-term and some validation on that. That's I think that's really critical and being able to do good storytelling and connect this really well turned out quite important for us, I think. Yeah, I can only admit this was quite a very uh, personal stretch and uh, challenge for us. Um, being so deep uh, in proving the very nice uh, go-to-market at the same time, really selling this uh, future vision um, very, very uh, confident and be in, in taking also the time to look into this uh, future vision a lot. Um, but so therefore, uh, take this as important remark when uh, talking to VCs to keep that in mind. And um, of course, also coming back to another question from you, Marcus, um, I think this is also very important to talk about um, not only the valuation, is of importance in that round, but also the number of shares that you give away, that you're willing to give away. And we have talked to many different VCs about that because we really wanted to understand that clearly what might be a disadvantage for the future, how to optimize that at the round. And because always, of course, you want to have as much money as possible, but uh, be careful, this can also hurt you in the future. And we figured out a pretty broad agreement that the typical pre-seed round professional kind of pre-seed round should be in the range of 10 to 20. There can be special exemptions going up to 25, but really be very careful to uh, extending it even uh, further, giving more ownership away because um, there's a pretty strong rule in the market. As soon as you reach the Series A round, the founder and active team should still have more than 50% of this company running this company. Yeah, and if you if you imagine giving away 25% in the in the seed round and pre-seed round, like you're going to be quite close on this. So if you have to bridge somewhere in between, like the 50% will be a tough challenge. So that's why stay below the 25, definitely. Um, maybe only 10, 15, 20%. Depends a little bit on what strategy you choose. We have chosen in a more economical, uh, challenging environment to extend big the round a little larger, give ourselves a little bit more time to prove our our product points. Uh, and give away a little more for a little more money. Um, but of course, it might also be valid to just give away 10% and uh, make it a smaller round and go and race uh, sooner again. Regardless of that, I would say, make sure you have at least 12 months of runway so you have some time to act. Uh, 18 months can give you a little bit more flexibility because you can. You need to also pay attention that it might take you up to six months to raise a seat out. I've seen seed rounds being closed in two weeks. I've seen seed rounds being closed in six months. So if you consider that 12 months, that means you have six months of focus and then you might need up to six months of, of funding. So 
18 months give you even more flexibility. That would actually mean 12 months of full focus before you need to start thinking about uh, funding again. So these are very important aspects to, t- to take in consideration. With this question, Bastian, we want to talk a little bit about when to start engaging investors. I think that's uh, an interesting one that you brought up in our pre-discussions. Yeah, I think uh, this was an interesting learning for the two of us. Uh, so we were uh, trying to contact investors early. Um, this was just a gut feeling to, to figure out, maybe also in the market research, getting some support from them in terms of market research. And we were quite surprised how open many of the investors were and how engaged they were already before uh, this uh, closing the round. Uh, so we we didn't come with a finished pitch deck there. We just uh, came with the very clear pitch. The two of us are absolutely ready to fund something. We have fleshed our jobs behind. We have kind of clo- closed all bridges. And uh, now we are looking ahead. And so uh, we could get a good experience of actual support of a variety of different investors and also getting their investment thesis on our topics we were looking into. So don't underestimate this opportunity. Um, to be brave enough to reach out to some investors even before you have the final pitch deck for the pre-seed trade. I would extend this even further and say you need to build investor relationship from day one on when you start thinking of ever building a company. So in my in my early days at N26, in my time at Cirque, in like any any time I had the chance, I always engaged with different investors of the startups I worked at and exchanged like yeah, build build relationship, which was very helpful in closing this round in a very efficient manner. And that's, of course, an advantage of being in the startup world for a little bit longer. You build relationship and trust with investors. But as Basha said, as soon as we decided we want to build something, we started to reach out. Of course, investors reached out to us once we switched our our status on LinkedIn to stealth mode. Um, so they kind of get curious, they reach out, say, hey, want to have a talk. So don't wait for the moment where you feel you have the perfect pitch deck. Develop the pitch deck further with, with those investors. In these early days, it's all about the people. It's about the, 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 the team. So they want to get to know you. They want to have a couple of interaction points with you. And so give them the opportunity to get to know you quite early and, and quite well and have them uh, help you show, shape it. But don't expect them to find your idea. Don't expect them to validate your idea you need to validate your idea with the customers and maybe get some inputs from expert ex, uh, experts investors are usually pretty high level in the topics even if they claim they're expert investors in a field they can of course give you a couple of pitch takes they ask very good questions but they always like try to challenge their ideas more than they can really help you and embrace storming so don't yeah expect the right things from those investors i would say yeah, and uh, maybe also another hint uh, that we figured out could be especially relevant for single founders. Uh, so there are some very nice, amazing investment programs out there. If you're more interested, you can also reach out to us and that really uh, guide you if you are a first-time founder in that space or a single founder and uh, you need co-founders from the skill set for your idea. Um, they kind of try to bridge with their employees, with their support uh, this gap in the beginning and also try to help you to get other co-founders on board uh, while already building the idea, working on that. So there are a couple of very successful and very supportive of these programs out there. And another thing that we should mention is always try to get not only one term sheet on the table. I think this is a very strong recommendation that we can give um, because think about all the important decisions you do in life, like for example, uh, buying a flat, building a house, you would usually try to get different offers for significant uh, investments. And here's the other way around. It's a 
I mean, it's invested in you, but on the other hand, it's a significant decision of the uh, for the company uh, who will be the people on board and uh, to what conditions you get this round as well. Uh, so don't only consider the financial terms, also consider the network, consider the support they can give. So it's a package of different things, but definitely try to compare uh, and don't uh, just uh, take the first off. But on the other hand, don't optimize and push it to limit with the valuation. That can really backfire. And I've heard and seen this a lot where people push the initial valuation up to the absolute maximal and then have the issue that they need to show a two to three X increase of that valuation for the next funding round. And uh, they either run behind an extra valuation that's always too high and at some point they will stumble upon that. That might happen. Maybe they can still keep the track for a seed round or for even an A round. But at least when an economical downturn or some economic challenges show up, then people are becoming more realistic about the evaluation again. And then that might be a big, big challenge. So don't push it to the absolute limit. Figure out what is a fair valuation in this market for founders on at your stage. And so that means talk with enough investors, get a couple of offers on the table, talk with other founders. And because I think ultimately it's most important to get the right co-founders, in a sense, co-investors, because they are also founders of the company on board. So we've also spent quite some time validating our investors so we or doing the diligence about them. So we called other founders who are early stage or later stage and, and asked them about how these investors are dealing with that. Um, companies that are successful, but also companies that were mediocre successful. So pay most attention to get the right people on board for a decent, fair deal um, that will enable you to get started and don't push it to the last like one or two percent, I would say. That's really, really key. Yeah, I'll agree. And just also, uh, rather don't give away too much shares um, and don't optimize on the exact amount of money you get in because it keeps you more flexible for the future. As soon as you have some further traction, then, for example, with this first funding, you got ready some first customers, you got some first traction. For example, you will also have the opportunity to do some uh, another angel uh, convertible round, for example. It's also quite common in this phase uh, still. So, yeah, this is think, some recommendations that we can give it. Yeah, if, if investors ask you one, what valuation you think about, you can always approach it like this and say, hey, look, I've done my calculations. And you want me to get to this and this goals for to raise a seed round. So always start with the end goal, with the next goal, right? It's okay. In the seed round, I need to show this and this. So I need 12, 18 months of this type of team. So you kind of work it backwards, calculate through, okay, how much money do I actually need to get there? And it's okay. That's the money I need. And that's what I'm ready to give away for it. Uh, and then, of course, you can show and say, hey, there are a couple of scenarios. We can take more risk. We can try to be a bit faster. And with this, you can be, have some flexibility in the budget side and say, okay, I can do this with 700K, I can do it with a million, can do it with 1.5 million. There are different options. So it's like one option and be open to discuss this with investor as well as like other things. So it's not, it's, it is a discussion, this, this valuation decisions that you, that you take on this file. Yeah, it's not an ob objective thing at the time have no revenue, have nothing you can discount with a discounted cash flow, whatever. It's a very subjective thing, dependent highly by the market price, like by the interest of other investors as well. Um, so therefore, like be very kind of flexible, open to discuss these different angles on that. 
And I really like the idea that Marco said, like work it out from the goal that you need to achieve. This is probably the most trustworthy thing uh, to claim a certain. So you have the goal, you need the money till the goal, and you can only give away so and so much shares, right? So you have a very reasonable approach to show what you really, what radiation you need to raise the money that you need. Yeah. So I think with this, probably you have way more, many more questions, for example, on how to negotiate the, the investment sheet, uh, like investment uh, terms and so on. We're going to do some follow-up sessions on that. Today, we want to give you a little bit of an overview. So remember to to focus on the people first, terms second, but terms should be fair. Like I think there are a lot of investors out there that just try to rip you off. Um, so be, be careful, talk with other founders on this and make sure you get the right validation for the long-term vision, but also the right validation for the, for the, the stuff today. Um, and that's that's really crucial. Uh, and when you have all of this ready, we like I think you you're good to go. Um, yeah, see see you the next time. Good luck to raise your pre-seed, guys. <laughs>